0: hello and thank you for listening to episode 27 of 60 minutes with i'm dave and i'm joined by tina in this one as well hello tina
1: hello david
0: and we're here and we're not going to talk about marriage with children which is the usual show that you're on with me Uh, we were joined by a couple of great guests one who's been on the show with us before and we're going to uh, we're going to reminisce about an amazing day we're going to tell all the listeners about a day that they should get involved with if they've got well if they've got any sort of love for the Rocky movies and even if they've got any sort of love for life itself this is something that we can recommend because back on the show we have Mike Kunder and he's accompanied by his lovely wife Sue so hello both of you.
2: Hi guys how are you?
0: We're, we're doing good we're doing good all the better for talking to you two how, how are you doing over there?
2: Well I, I'll tell you what Dave I've, I've missed you terribly and I was telling Sue all about you guys and what a great time you had. And so it's like she almost feels like she sort of knows you guys too. So, um, you know, we're uh, we're looking forward to the talk today.
0: Oh, yeah, us too. I mean, uh, we wish you could have been with us uh, on that day, Sue, because we had such a great time with Mike. And, uh, you know, he told us so much about you as well that we did, We felt you were there in spirit, you know, if, if not in body. So it's, it's great that we both get the chance to have a chat with you now as well.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it myself. I'm sorry I missed
0: it. Yeah. I heard it was a lot. It was was so much fun. It was so much fun.
1: It would would have been nice for me if I'd have had some female company as well, because we could have stopped and bought some shoes and had some cocktails and then got back in the van and stopped the van and had more cocktails and perhaps some more shoes. Or maybe not. I knew that was... (laughs) <laughs> if
3: I knew that was on the table, I would have definitely <laughs> called off my job and came.
1: Oh, I could just imagine Mike's face now. What does she want to buy shoes for? <laughs> it,
2: it would have been shoes and purses. She would have taken you to all the Philadelphia hotspots with all the best purses.
1: Oh, lovely. Oh, I do like a nice handbag. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, well, soon, Sue has with a- you. <laughs>
2: How many purses do you have? About 3,700?
1: Well, it might be a little (laughs) less than that.
3: We're getting close.
1: (laughs) See, it doesn't take long. Two women on the podcast, and we're not talking about Rocky, we're talking about shoes, handbags. Yes. And cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) They all kind of go together. I think so.
0: What uh, was? Well, we'll
2: my... Are you having a cocktail right now?
1: I I would like a cocktail. Will you make me one? <laughs>
2: All right, let, let, me, let me get on that, and I'll, I'll start
0: jogging. I'll see you in about a year.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Well, we were saying, weren't we, before we started recording that it's uh, it's already three weeks this weekend before we had that great day with you. I mean, God, times times flown by.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing, you know, it, it went, we thought it went fast on the tour, it goes even faster once you get back to reality, you know, and you you start thinking about the tour on a daily basis, and it seems like it was 100 years ago, but it was just three weeks, time flies.
0: And hopefully you're keeping busy with the tour now as well, I mean, from what we said, again, before we recording, and we encourage anybody that does the tour with Mike as well, we just put, um, Tina put a review up on TripAdvisor, and you seem to be, Flying up those TripAdvisor charts with the tour.
2: Yeah, you know what we are, and I, I really, I think everybody who's leaving these reviews—I mean, they're uh, they're so flattering—and and I really appreciate it. But the really great thing about it is, yes, it helps me, but it it even more so helps future clients who are going to take the tour because they. They don't know me. They they don't. They think I might be some American lunatic. But really, reading the tours and and, and seeing all all the common threads and and everyone saying uh, how well I I treated them and and took care of them, it will give them more confidence in contacting me. So you know that's a good thing to share Rocky Land with everyone across the planet.
0: Oh yeah, like you say, because it's got to be, because when you're dealing with people across the internet. You don't. You've got no idea initially who they could be or what they might be like. So, we can assure everybody that you're not going to meet a nicer fellow than Mike. We can assure everybody of that. He's not. He's not a crazy guy that you're going to jump into a car with. No, well, well be- no, thanks, David, and I appreciate that. It's it's funny because people have this
2: misconception, you know, uh, that they're because I'm Italian. That right away I'm hooked up with the mob because they see mob <laughs> movies. So there's this weird comparison that goes on. Uh, this guy came over with his son and he had to call his wife like every hour because she really thought I was a crazy mob American and I was going to kill them. Like, that's really what she believed. And that's why she didn't come over. So, you know, these, these reviews are helping uh, assure people that I'm okay.
0: <laughs> I don't think you mentioned the mob in your review, did you, Tina? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I said, look yeah, She did got... mention
2: Tony, Louis, Tony. Anthony yeah. Jr.
1: Yeah, Anthony Jr., yeah. Meadow.
2: Me- <laughs> yeah. Me- Meadow, of course, of course. <laughs> Vinny, yes. Sue said, did that, that I introduce you to any of the Vinnies that I know?
1: <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. I'm disappointed yeah. now.
2: <laughs> well, they were busy collecting things, shall we say. <laughs> things
1: in, in brown paper bags.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's quite funny, really. You know, Mike, you should maybe start up another tour as well. Because there's there's a Sopranos tour in New York that I read about before we went to New York. But I can imagine you with a couple of your friends doing the Mob tour and the Rocky tour. And taking, like, you know, getting some big beefy mates... I'm <laughs> just roughing people up well, <laughs> for money.
2: <laughs> well, I might have to, but I'm, I might have to invest in some olive oil and slick my hair back to really pull off a full ethnic.
1: Well, I have to say, yeah. re- reading all the reviews on TripAdvisor, and I did read them all before I wrote my own, and my review is completely truthful. I haven't embellished it at all Um, and a a common thread through all the reviews and the way that Dave and I feel having spent the day with you is not so much, I mean obviously you've got to be, you know, even if you're not a, a really big Rocky fan, you will be by the end of the day because the great thing about you and the tour is that you're so personal and you make it so meaningful, which sounds a bit sloppy, but it's absolutely true because your passion is so huge for not not Sylvester Stallone, but for Rocky, the character, you just made the whole, well, the whole day really special. And I felt quite depressed when I got home thinking about it because I wanted to do it again.
0: Mm hmm. And I could um, yeah I, yeah. I can back you up on that, I mean, and we told you this in in person, Mike, didn't you we? we- you know when we were with you, it's you know, 'cause I'm like a huge rocky fan, a huge Stallone fan, as you know all the listeners know, and so of course, you know my jaw was dropping seeing all of these different places, um but it 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 wasn't just that that made it, and it's you know, I'll say it again to you now we've got you back on the show mike it is it's you're the crux of it. It's and it is like Tina said. It's your passion for Rocky and and your knowledge, uh, and and you know, you as a human, you just bring it all to life, and you're so personable with everybody. It's that that makes the day go move from, oh wow, this is an amazing day. I'm seeing all this Rocky stuff to to the next level of this is just the best day ever <laughs> so yeah. you know and it again we're not just saying that because you're on the show I mean believers listeners if if you've any any thoughts at all of going on this um, and there are tours you can do I've seen this like a, some sort of Google Rocky tour and you can do it yourself and there's but please do it with Mike it makes all the difference and it's not just seeing the sights it's having the experience and I think mm-hmm. that there's only you that can bring it out Mike you know and, <clears throat> and more power to you for doing it.
2: Well, uh, I don't really know how to respond to that. That's so kind and generous. Um, but what I will say, uh, you guys say it so well, but I will say I try to put myself in the fans' uh, place because if I was going on a Rocky tour, you know, do I want someone just pointing it out and mentioning it or do I want to like almost relive it? And that's my thing. Like, I, I really want to give the fans the best possible um, tour with the most emotion in it because that makes all the difference. Excuse me. For me, it it, it was the, the emotion, the, the character brings out in all of us after 40 years. So I thought if I could convey that maybe fans would say, ah, okay, this is not your average run of the mill tour Mm -hmm. getting dressed like Rocky. And you know, I don't really, I don't really stay in the Rocky character as much as I take like his essence I don't know if that came across, did it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it did. Yeah, yeah.
2: I love. Well, yeah, and see, and that's what I tra- that's what I hope comes across. And after about ten minutes, I mean, I, I don't know anyone that takes these tours. And to date, I have not had anyone uh, after ten minutes that I didn't feel like we were close friends for ten years, which is the amazing thing, and which is another reason why I do these tours. I don't have a lot of friends. You know that I know throughout my life. So when I get to meet new people, they've actually stayed friends. I mean, we still correspond. I've got standing invitations to stay at I don't know how many places across the planet.
0: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. It is. It, it is. It, it's it's really nice. And then, like you said, Deb, it's because we we saw you even went. You know, when we were driving through different areas, which we'll go into in a few minutes, that were not shown within the Rocky movies. But the way that you flesh out the character, and, you know, we got into conversations. Okay, now we've seen where you know Rocky lived in the first movie, and so you can you relate. Okay, so we'd walk along here; these are the shops that he would go to, and you know, and flesh out the character's life. And we haven't yet; we haven't rewatched the movie since we've come home. But we know that when we do, it's just going to give us like a whole new appreciation of them all as well.
2: Well, yeah, I mean that—that's what I tell people all the time. You know, you can only see Rocky for the first time once, but once you've been to all of the Rocky locations and now you go home, when you watch Rocky again, it literally is like seeing a new movie because now you know what's just to the left, what's behind you, what's right around the corner. And to me, it makes it so much more interesting and in knowing that the locations Almost look exactly as they did 40 years ago. That's kind of another really interesting thing. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right. Well, let's let's get into the day then. Let's get into the day. It was my 50th birthday. Okay. Um, it's I, I'm not going to labour the point. I do want to I want to make sure that the listeners know how important the day was because um, listeners like on oh, 80s Picture House, the other podcast that I do, will know already that it was. Two weeks before my 30th birthday, my dad and my granddad died, there was all the, the stress and everything of that. My 40th birthday, I was close to death, um, I was in hospital and nearly died. In between then and my 50th, I'd gone through probably every major stress thing that is listed on the top 10 stresses of divorce and moving house and at one point I was literally, literally homeless and penniless. So it's you know everybody goes through bad times. Don't get me wrong, but it was through. It was, I wanted this fiftieth birthday because my thirtieth was was a washout. My fortieth was so many bad things have happened, and this was the main thing that I wanted to do. Love of Rocky since I first saw it in '78. So it was, it was a big deal for me. This birthday was, and which again I can't thank you enough for, Mike, and to to make the day. Like so special, and like Tina saw, you know, my face. I mean, what was my face like all during the tour, Tina?
1: Well, yeah, like a saggy old man. Really? <laughs> 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 no, yeah. it was. You were telling told- Wow, what a beautiful compliment. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an in joke, Mike. Everybody calls Dave Granddad. Uh, right. Oh, no. okay.
2: Yeah. I guess it's better uh, than having him, him grandma. <laughs>
1: That's after the operation. Yeah. yeah. Uh
2: there we go. There yeah. We, go. we
1: we were introduced to Caitlyn Jenner when we were in America, and Dave has since become obsessed with her. So, <laughs> so I think that you know, uh-huh. that could be on the cards. But uh, yeah, Dave, your face was just. I do, actually in all truth I thought you were so manic all day <laughs> that either you were going to collapse from a mental hemorrhage or something or you were going to burst into tears because <laughs> you were so excited.
0: I was very excited. I mean you were it
1: unbearable. I know. You were so excited. <laughs> well and I think I know the main reason
2: you know I had a lot of garlic and spaghetti before I went so I think that was the biggest <laughs> offense and I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, you were, Dave You, you were actually it, two, two really weird things Either happen with people Either they don't shut up And they just, they're like Oh my god, look at this place That's where Frank Stallone walked And this is where he carried Adrian home And this is where he played with Butkus Or they kind of go in a quiet mode where they're just they're so overwhelmed by the enormity of the fact that they are standing on the exact location where you know the character walked and got yelled at by Gazzo and you know Dave I saw a lot of that in you you were like really reserved and just like soaking it in like a sponge and I when did it first hit you like you were actually there was it when we went to the first site
0: um oh wow I think it, it was even a little bit later. I was still in sort of a, a, a state of disbelief and I'd almost an out-of-body experience. That you know, is this really happening? Because I'd looked forward to it for so long and thought that it was never going to happen to so actually be there and it happening. I think it's just a little <laughs> bit a little bit further on where we see where Gazzo pulls up and you know this Rocky walking along by the side of the chain fence, and it was it was something as simple as seeing that. Chain link fence, just like was like a, was like a rocky punch to the stomach, and it was like, whoa, this is real, this is really real. It it was, yeah, crazy, really crazy, and it's still hard to believe now. Yeah.
2: Oh my god, yeah.
1: Um, You know what it was with me? It was when we went to Father Carmine's, and you, I, I asked you to do the line, and you did, and that really hit me. But I think my favorite bit was when we we were at the spot where he carries Adrian home and you, you said, Hey, you just got a little married here. (laughs) And I just keep thinking about it over and over. I even had to watch it on YouTube.
2: Oh, did you?
1: Yeah, I did. I did because I just, Oh, I just wanted to throw my arms around you and give you a big kiss when you did that. Because it just, (laughs) because I, I think Rocky, uh, Unfortunately, a lot of women worldwide, you know, everybody's aware of Rocky, aren't they, that that it's such a famous film. But a lot of women go, oh, yeah, Rocky. No, I don't really want to watch that because it's a boxing film and it's a man's film and Stallone is in action films, so you associate Rocky with action films. But I think that Rocky genuinely is the most romantic film ever made. Mm Mm-hmm. And you doing that little bit just really touched me so much. You're totally
2: right, Tina. Because the one thing I think that aggravates me the most is when Rocky gets sucked into the the, uh, question of what was the greatest boxing movie of all time. I don't know. It's not Rocky because Rocky's not a boxing movie. Mm -hmm. You, You know? I mean, it's about the love. It's about essentially two people who see themselves as losers who come together and become a winner and Oh, by the way, he happens to be a boxer for a living. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, you might as well say people just say, well, what's the best pet shop movie? I mean, that was like, (laughs) yeah, it it has nothing to do with literally boxing or, or that it has to do with, it's a giant love story. And Mm. Stallone says it all the time. And, you know, I just want to tie people to the bumper and dry, drag them along the highway when they say it's a boxing <laughs> movie, it's a sports movie. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- but, the, yeah, that's, that's the other reason why I, I do these tours. I've always wanted to give back to Rocky fans. And when I found all these locations, as I write about in the book, when Sue and I kind of decided to pick up one day with a map and Polaroids and, and drive around the city, you know, um, th- that was quite of a, a bit of an ordeal for 18 hours. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could do a Rocky tour for fans now? And when I got to see your face, Dave, I knew what you were thinking uh, because, you know, the relationship you and I have established over the last year. So uh, it was it it was quite fantastic for me to experience that with you. So thank you for, for letting me do that.
0: Oh yeah, it was it was an absolute pleasure. It's a day that neither of us will ever forget, and a day that I'm sure that both of us will repeat with you again. You know, we're <laughs> already wanting to come back and do it all again. Because um, I mean, from the minute you you met us in the hotel lobby, and it, you know, you give us such a a warm welcome, and it's like you said, it's it's the person that you are. You know, I know you know we've recorded together, and we've kept in touch online during the you know the, the last year, but it's as though. You know, we'd known each other for years and we, you know, both myself and Tina felt instantly comfortable with you and at ease with you. you know, and, and that's that's a really big part of it. You know, again, it's not like it's some dry tour where people, you know, you're on a tour bus and somebody's just pointing out this site and the next site and it's on to the other. You know, you you, you do make a, a real rapport with people, which does make all the difference, which is, which is really good. And as Tina will attest to, which was very important to her, you have a a, a damn fine and comfortable form of transport <laughs> along the yes. tour as well, which is. Uh, I think Tina, you should mention about that how important that was to you.
1: Yeah, well, so I've got. Um, a lot of mobility problems and when we did the tour with you it was during a heat wave and it was blisteringly hot and being from Wales we're we're not used to the heat and I was quite concerned that I would spoil it for Dave, well and for you Mike as well because I wouldn't be able to walk around but your van was very new and really comfortable and had air conditioning and I think that um, you know when you're going on a trip like that it could put a lot of people off thinking how much walking have I got to do what's the van like is it going to be comfortable and as I said I've got mobility problems and and I was very comfortable I did could have done more walking if I'd have wanted to but I was it was a lovely relaxing day for me so thank you for that as well
2: Oh, you're welcome. And we're also thinking about bringing in uh, a masseuse on every tour, and do every every forty minutes, we'll just have you stretch out and rub <laughs> you down, so you could get ready to run the steps. So that's not we're not ready yet, but that's coming.
1: <laughs> and cocktails. As a matter of
2: fact, uh, Sue is sitting here, and she was just saying what a great idea it would be to get a masseuse on the whole tour, weren't you?
1: Well, I just
3: meant <laughs> for me. Oh, just
2: for her. And there it is.
3: (laughs) And Tina, of course. Yeah. Of course.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, let's let's go through some of the places that um, you took us to as well, Mike. Um, Sure, go ahead. Absolutely. Because we just covered so many different places. um, You know, as we're driving from one place to the other, you're pointing different parts out. Uh, I was amazed as well. Uh, considering you know it's almost forty years since Rocky was made, the you know the original movie. How many places are still there, still recognisable? Obviously, there's been quite a few changes, but for the most part, you know, if you've seen the movies, you're going to recognise these places, which I think is is really incredible after forty yeah. years.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm always nervous because uh, that part of Philadelphia, Kensington, is. As you saw, it was, uh, parts of town that are, it's, it's, um, on the fringe of society and it's uh, a bit dirty and it's a bit, as they say, dodgy, uh, part of town, but it's making a comeback. And I'm always worried that some of the old older buildings that were used during filming, I'm going to like turn the corner one day and Mickey's gym is going to be like demolished. So I hope that doesn't happen. Um, actually, Mickey's gym is for sale right now for about three hundred thousand dollars. If you'd like to invest in the building,
0: wow! I didn't know that. I know you. Yeah, mentioned I just found
1: that
2: out.
0: I just found that out a few weeks ago. Whoa! Because you mentioned no, it. Oh, no. go on, go on.
1: Dave, no. Please. No. <laughs> no, Dave, no.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, hey, listen, Dave. Maybe you and I can go in together on it, and we'll we'll make
0: that the official Rocky Museum. We'll have a talk after the show, Mike. We'll have a talk after the show.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> no, <amazing>. girls loud. <laughs> no girls allowed.
1: No girls <laughs> allowed.
3: And Tina, you know, I'll control Mike on this end. Don't worry about okay. it. Phew. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll control. Make sure I keep him under control that there's no uh, depositing of any property. <laughs>
0: Great,
2: right. Dave. We're really going to have to do this on the quiet now.
0: I think so. Yeah, we'll have to be uh, yeah a little bit sneaky on this one. I think.
2: <laughs> but that's that is the thing, though. I really uh, when I drive around, like I've been to those locations a thousand times, and even even to me, I still get hit in the gut every time I go by and I see them. You know, the the pet shop and that uh, fire hydrant that is still there, the original fire hydrant out front of uh, of Adrian's pet shop. Or that chunk of brick missing in the wall of Mickey's gym near the door as you walk in, or the you know the biggest thing to me is that at Rocky's old apartment, eighteen eighteen Tusculum Street, the eighteen eighteen is still painted in white on the wall like it's not been changed. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, that's I love seeing that because you you know as Sylvester Stallone says in uh, Mike Vitez's book Rocky Stories. You know, you can't pull on Superman's cape and you can't swing a Jedi laser sword, but you can go to the Rocky locations. You can see 1818. You can see the Rocky statue or the Rocky steps. And you can just kind of, uh, you know, walk in Rocky's footsteps. And you can't really say that about you know, Indiana Jones or Darth Vader or any of the other heroes that have come around. And so I think that's one of the other appeals to why people come on this tour.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. And like we said, it it, it would really, you know, flesh out your appreciation for all the movies too. And one thing that it did flesh out my appreciation for was of how the hell you and Sue found these locations. Now that you, you took me and Tina around there and seeing what it's like, how you two originally found them with you know, just the use of a map and looking at photographs, it's, it amazes me even more now that we've actually yeah. seen the places. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me have
2: Sue say what she remembers of that day. I, I'm not quite sure. It was such an emotional, draining day. She may have blocked some of it out. But, you know, I, I don't know, Sue. What do you think? What do you remember of that day?
3: Yeah. Actually, when these things happen with Mike, it's like, you know, you're finding the Holy Grail because we find all the locations for the first time. And so we rented a van and we actually went to Philly. Now, this is before cell phones and iPads. And well, the cell phones that we had at this particular time when we first found it were like the size of the car. Oh. <laughs> so um, there's really no GPS and all of these fancy things. So we really we watched the Rocky movies. We looked at what angle they were being seen at from the city. We were trying to get to the same angle, so we kind of knew of a direction to go. And it actually was a two-day project, but I was—I think—just as happy as he was when we found them. So he—he he forgets a lot of things when he sees these things That's because true. he's, you know, kind of like you, Dave, when you took the tour. It's just you—you you just get quiet and you just look at it like, "Wow, I like I—I I made it. I'm here," and it's just such a wonderful feeling just to even see Mike go through that. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, I remember vividly sitting next to Mike, and I took, you know, I took some some films. I took my, I used my smartphone as my camera basically, and I took a, filmed a few different bits, and we took some photographs. But I just, I didn't take that many because I wanted to see. It. I didn't want to see it through a little screen, you know. I wanted to to see it with my own eyes and to burn it into my brain that it'd be there forever. I think, which I think everybody should do with a lot of things. You know, going back to one of my pet peeves of like. Concerts where people look at the whole concert through their camera while they film it. You know, and they're there. Why not, you know, experience it? So I was I was experiencing it all. And, yeah, even now I'm just still blubbering about it and rambling about it. And just, uh, yeah, such an amazing, such an absolutely amazing day. And uh,
1: I can't believe it only took you two days to find all those sites because there are so many of them. And... Th- you know that they're, they're scattered all over the place. You must have worked very, very hard and been really precise to have found all those different places in such a short space of time.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, we had uh, on VHS. You know, like a couple of days earlier, you'd watch the movie. You take a, a Polaroid pictures, you instantly developed right out of the camera, and you take a fold out map, and you'd you drive around the city the only thing that helped me was that there's only a certain part of town where there's an l train uh an elevated yeah. uh, uh platform that the train runs on and clearly the majority of scenes uh, with rocky's apartment and gazo and the pet shop they're all in that tight little area yeah. so when we found those you know we were like that was the main thing. That was fairly easy to find. But when you're driving around South Philadelphia and downtown, you know, that takes an enormous amount of time yeah. because it's there's so many, as you guys saw, there's so many minute uh, details on a building. And as you saw the streets in Philadelphia, many of them look the same. So mm-hmm. how do you differentiate? And uh, so with the main ones, yeah, we did find over time. But, uh, you know... D- did you uh actually sue has sue, sue would like to tell you an interesting story that happened to us um if you guys want to hear it yeah, yeah. sure,
0: yeah
3: the first time that we actually on those two days that we went there when we finally found uh, Mickey's gym and you know the lucky seven and the pet store, we were so excited because the pet store was open, and so at this particular point it was still in business, so we get out of the car um you know we're we're just so excited, we actually go in there and we're walking, well, I don't know if I can say what she actually said back to us. <laughs> you can say it, say it. Um rhymes with fire truck. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll use another word, but we were walking around and looking at the pet store and um, the pet shop and we're, we're just kind of looking for something to buy that said the name of the pet shop on it. And Mike, at that point, um, there was a very, um, okay, let's say lovely woman, Uh <laughs> just say lovely, um, behind the counter, and uh, Mike said to her, hey, d- I'm so excited, did you know that Rocky was filmed here? Like, she didn't know. And she said, yeah, uh, big trucking deal, <laughs> are you going to buy something? That's what she said, big trucking deal, and are you going to buy something? It's time to yeah. go. It was so funny. We didn't want to down our day, but I just thought it was interesting.
2: It was one of the funniest stories because she's probably heard that about a thousand times from fans. And, you know, later on, Sue's like, why didn't we buy something? And I said, I was so thrown off my game, number one, to be in the pet store. And number two, this old Italian lady cursing at us and telling us that if you're not going to buy something, get out it just threw me off. So I could have bought some pet food that, you know, some turtle food, whatever. And I didn't, and I'm so regretful. Oh, that's one, a huge regret I have, but uh, what could you do?
0: <laughs> How long has the pet store been closed now then, Mike?
2: Well, better part at least 10 years. I think there, since the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, Joe Marks owns it. And I talked to Joe Marks once in a while, and I'm trying to work a little deal out with him. He still actually has, the Turtles, Cuff and Link, uh, that Stallone used after filming, uh, Stallone gave them back to him. And, of course, they're huge now, the Turtles. Uh, but um, he, uh, I told, I said, wouldn't it be interesting if on a tour I could call up uh, Joe, because he lives in the, in the neighborhood, have him come around the corner, uh, give him a couple extra bucks, and you could kind of meet Cuff and Link from the movie. That
0: would be interesting, don't you think? Yeah, it would be amazing. Oh, yeah, it certainly would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so. Are there any locations, you know, excluding the upcoming Creed movie um, that you're still looking for there, Mike?
2: Um, well, here's the thing. In the trailer of, of Creed, there's a scene where Adonis is uh, sitting on the couch with his girlfriend and off to the right is a fish tank and the two turtles are in the fish tank. So is it the same Cuffin League? I don't know. Uh, next time I have lunch <laughs> with Stallone, I'm gonna ask him. So we'll see. <laughs> For some reason, he's not taking my calls at the moment, but we'll see. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure me. it's just a mis- <laughs> He's
1: he's just busy talking to me all the time. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, it is. He saw my painting you... and he and he's ringing me going, "Oh, Tina, I wish I could paint like you." <laughs> He wants lessons. <laughs>
2: but listen, I, you've been getting a lot of good feedback on that on that uh, Rocky III painting you did. It's pretty I nice. I
1: know. I know. And you're next.
2: I saw that. You're doing yeah. a good job.
1: Yeah. When I finish I did, it, I'll I, send it to you.
2: I I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I haven't even told Sue yet. Um, so she, I didn't even show her the picture yet. It'll be a big surprise.
0: <laughs> Sue, what was, what was for the listeners as well? Can you give them a background of what was your history with Rocky before you met Mike? Then did you did you like the movies, or have you come to love them since you know you and Mike got together?
3: Well, that's I was actually a Rambo girl <laughs> when I met. Mike. It was um, Mike's hair. Favorite...
0: Then was it when you met him? His Rambo hair. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, one of my fir- one of my favorite movies at the time when I met Mike was First Blood. And I honestly, with that particular movie, I've probably at that point seen it a hundred times. And uh, it was funny because I, I, you know, I've never really saw the Rocky movies when I had met him. That changed because it was in my marriage contract, of course. <laughs> and I had. and uh, You know, I had to see each one of them and study and there was a lot of, you know, take home tests and all different kind of things I had to do to pass the test. But, um, <laughs> but no, Rambo was my thing. Well,
0: and I take it you've watched the Rocky movies quite a bit since though.
3: I have uh, hundreds of times, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I will agree though a lot by choice. I do love the movie. So
2: sometimes I have the duct taper to the chair, duct her eyes open with little <laughs> fish hooks. I put them in the corner and I just hold her eyes up. Uh, but uh, no, she's a good sport about it. You know, I always tell people, could you imagine like, like, Dave, what if Tina looked like someone famous? Let's, let's just say, for the sake of an argument, let's say Julia Roberts. Okay? <laughs> sure, it's lovely, it's very nice, but every day of every week, of every month, of every year, for 25 years, there's always a reference, or somehow the day relates back to Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts is always on TV. You get the Julia Roberts laugh. You get the Julia Roberts massive wild hair. Well, come to think about it, maybe that's not so bad. Uh, but, <laughs> but at some point you would be saying, "Okay, enough of the Julia Roberts. I can only see her and you know in uh, the, the Mystic Pizza or the what's the movie with the Richard Gere? Pretty Woman. Yeah, you can only see Pretty Woman so many times. So for her to put up with all of my shenanigans as Rocky." It really does say a lot about her constitution, you know.
3: And and also because I'm heavily medicated. (laughs) Yes.
2: She takes a a little red pill and that helps her deal with all of my crap.
1: It's It's quite weird, though, because the first time when you were in the lobby and we met you, I've seen you on video and seen you know lots of pictures of you and dave talked about you constantly and i've heard you on because he loves you and i've heard you on podcasts and, and your accent and the the tone of your voice is very sim, similar to stallone's and when i first saw you standing there in in like your burgundy jacket with your little hat on i thought oh my god he really looks, oh my God, he really looks like him. But then as I walk towards you, you are Mike. You are
2: Mike. <laughs> you are. Yeah, well, that's true. I, I can't do anything about the way I look, so I covered up with a hat and burgundy coat and, <laughs> and hope no one noticed.
1: But did you? do you but, remember what the receptionist in the hotel, she went crazy when she saw you. She was like,
2: Yeah, oh my God. I know. I know. I know, and that gave me more motivation. You know, I just finished up my logo for the for the tour. Uh, we finally got it all officially done. Okay. So, uh, and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, she was the, the I think she was the concierge there, and so yeah. my goal is to go around to all all the concierges in the hotels. I probably just butchered that word, but I like saying the word concierge. So it makes me feel smarter. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to make up pamphlets and we're going to get it out to them. And e- she even said, do you have a pamphlet? Do you have cards or something? She goes, I would love to pass this on. People who stay here will absolutely love to take this tour. And I was like, wow, that was easy. I mean, all I got to do is show up in Rocky character, but I, I don't want to scare them. I want them to know that I'm a legitimate guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how it goes.
1: Well, what do you think, Sue, about um, starting the tour, you know, and, and Mike does what he does and then you could be little Marie or even Adrian and I thought I could move to over to where you live and move in with you and I'll join the tour as well, but I'll be poorly <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to shave my head. <laughs> well, I think that's a fantastic idea. Cool, you we'll should come do over.
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should do it. I can play. I can play the pet store owner.
1: Okay. <laughs> I won't talk nasty to you though. I promise. Oh no, that's no. I please do. That's a part of it. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm.
3: I'm so glad that he's able to do. You know, these tours. It's. You yeah. know. It's. It is difficult sometimes you know of course the financial part there's a lot that goes into it um but uh I couldn't be happier for him doing these tours I think what impresses me the most is every single tour that he does is the first time you know so it's he realizes that you know he gets to know the people before he does them you know he he gets to really uh make it that personal connection tina like you said before and i i I just uh i he never gets sick of it it's always like every tour is like he's doing it for the very first time and it, it just makes it so nice for everyone
1: i was going to ask you mike actually just i'm sorry dave i was just going off the subject for a minute no sure are you absolutely exhausted when you finish a tour, do you go home? Because I know that you have to drive for around about two hours to get home. Do you just go home and collapse because you're so mentally and physically drained from doing all the emotion?
2: You know, the emotional part is that it it, it takes a toll, but in a good way, and it also rejuvenates you. You know, mm. you go through life and your batteries get a little worn down and you know the last four or five months i've been having basically three tours a week four tours a week so it keeps you on such an emotional high uh you're really ready for all that life throws at you and i know that sounds a little corny but i guess i can you might get a little tired if i have a a late afternoon tour or something uh you know the driving will take a lot out of you it's a two-hour drive down a four-hour driving tour and then two hours back but you know when i'm driving i say to myself do you do you realize what you've just done for this person or or like for dave or for that lady from scotland and her boys or whatever so and i say my god what an incredible gift how many people would like to be in my shoes to be able to to to, to, uh, to celebrate the character in this way in such a positive way and to to get the feedback from people there are times it's it's all i can do to keep myself from getting emotional with people on the steps. I really have to step back and, and step yeah. out of a situation because mm-hmm. as you see, I, I get involved with people right off the bat. I, I've always believed the best way for a successful tour is to be emotionally engaging. So uh, I don't really know how to shut that off that easily. Um, so when I hear these stories, it's like I get you know, I I cry when I see an old person in the restaurant eating dinner alone or a dog is in a kennel or you know, I'm a very emotional guy when it comes to that stuff. So, uh mm-hmm. yeah, I I guess Tina the answer is yes. It does take a toll on yeah. me, but in a very good positive way.
1: Oh, that's nice.
2: Mm.
1: And it's yes. yeah. Yeah.
0: There were some extra, extra emotional things happening that day as well, Mike. I remember because we got to the steps, yes, you know, and I did the, the fame. Well, before I I ran up the steps, we went we went into the the Museum of Art to begin with, oh, um, and, right? And well, you you bagged something that you've been after for quite a while. If you want to tell the listeners about <laughs> about that.
2: Well, I, I'll I'll let Sue start off why it was why I purchased what I did. Yeah, you wanna you wanna tell him about the statue and how? Yeah, the Schomburg. Oh. Yeah, please do.
3: Well, I I wanted to do something special for Mike for his birthday. It's really hard to um you know anything Rocky related or Stallone related is always an easy gift for me, but since my entire house is nothing but that, now these things are <laughs> coming harder to find. <laughs> So he's always wanted that 20 inch statue. And from my understanding, they had only made so many. And uh, at the time when they first came out, they were a little bit more expensive. And, you know, we couldn't afford it at the time. So I wanted to do something really special for him for this birthday. So I um, was looking around for the statue, but I contacted through email um, Schomburg Studios and they are the one uh, Thomas Schomburg is actually the one a Thomas Schomburg, right? the Thomas Schomburg. is the one who actually um, made the sculpture so um, I actually uh, contacted Cynthia and she called me and I told her what I wanted to do for this uh, statue for Mike and um, I was wondering if um, Thomas may sign this for me just you know because they're so rare to have and uh, they were so gracious and she said absolutely just Be careful how you ship it and make sure it's, you know, she gave me the address and everything. So that was when we became on the hunt for the statue itself because we couldn't find it. But we actually got him to, uh, it's actually on its way back to us. And uh, they were so nice um, for him to be able to sign that for Mike. And they're going to personalize it for him. So he'll have that Um. treasure for
2: well, yeah, I mean, the Rocky three statue that, that Schomburg sculpted, you know, I mean, it's you can find the 12-inch one anywhere. And, Dave, I think you picked up
0: one that day, right? Yeah, Tina bought it me for my birthday that day, yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and what, what a great gift that was. Well, we looked everywhere. Sue wanted to keep it a secret, but she had such a hard time, like she said, finding it. So I remember at one point the Museum of Art, the Philadelphia Museum of Art gift store actually had it. So, thank goodness we all needed to go to uh, the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> because w- when you go to the Museum of Art, you, you know, you got to pay to get in, but you can use the bathroom and go to the gift store for free. So, uh, I said, okay, let's let's go to the gift store. And there it was. The, the, the 20-inch uh, Rocky statue was there, and it was one of two that they had left in stock. And it was cheaper by probably $50 than I found it anywhere else in previous years so boom right there i i had to grab it and uh what a what a what a great thing that was so whoever had to go to the bathroom more that day i really want to appreciate (laughs) (laughs) probably you tina
1: it was (laughs) me it was me thank god
2: you had all those all those uh waters So, yeah, but see, that's the type of supportive uh, wife Sue is about all this Rocky stuff. Uh, You you know, I told you about a a year ago, a year and a half ago, I never saw Rocky on the big screen. So uh, that was like a bucket list thing for me. So how do you get Hollywood to re-release Rocky? (laughs) So so you you really can't. So for a a Christmas gift, she actually rented out a theater for 200 family and friends, and all you had to do is bring a Blu-ray Rocky uh, DVD and you show it on the big screen. So, I mean, you know, I mean, what kind of a wife thinks about these things? That's that's pretty spectacular.
1: One on medication, obviously.
2: She <laughs> went off for meds.
1: Yeah, I had to. Well, I had to go off my
3: meds for about a week and a half, but I'm good now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everybody had to come dressed as their favorite Rocky character, so oh, you know. <laughs>
1: That was amazing. Yeah, but,
2: but seriously, that's the thing. And Dave, you, you'll even you can attest to this. You know, when you go to the the Rocky statue, there's always there's like a hundred statues in the city, and there's no lines around any statue except the Rocky statue, mm-hmm. and it's the most amazing phenomenon. You know, the Museum of Art has never embraced Rocky in in a in a way that I felt. And Tina, I think you actually had a few words with the the manager at the art store there.
1: I did and I and I I was going to mention the story about uh, the art shop and I, d- I don't know if you want to put this in Dave mm-hmm. or you or you Mike for that matter because I know that you need to uh, be really professional and friendly with everybody but I was not impressed with those women that worked in the shop because I don't know if you remember Mike several I know that you were really excited by in your statue But I said maybe five times that we were really looking forward to coming back on Monday because I'm a big art fan and we were going to come back on Monday. And did I need to buy a ticket to watch the impression, to see the impressionist exhibition on Monday when we were coming back because we live in Wales and Monday night we were flying home? And I don't know if Dave has told you this. But um, we rocked up there on Monday, got a taxi, went up to the door, the back door that you go into, where there was a, a security guard. And she said, "Museum's closed on a Monday." And we both looked at each other and went, w- "What?" Yes, yeah, closed. You're going to have to leave. Oh. <laughs> and I, those those bitches in that shop, didn't say a word to me. They just were going, "Yeah, you can come on Monday." They they knew that they were closed on Monday. I think... I I think because I'd said to them, why haven't you got rocky things in here? You know, that statue outside is a work of art. Why aren't you embracing it more? They saw their arse with me.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I actually, I remember that. And at one point, you had actually pulled the girl over the counter. You had elbowed her, smashed her head off the counter. And yeah, said,
1: yeah. Don't forget,
2: I'm from Wales. And this is how it took
3: things. I was so proud, Tina, when Mike told me that. <laughs>
2: you you left her Mike with a broken nose, them. I think.
1: she uh, tell you, Mike, if I could go back there she'd end up more than broken notes (laughs) no seriously i i wrote a very erudite letter to the museum telling them exactly what and i posted it as well and i've had no reply and i thought i'd give it two weeks and if i don't get a reply i am going to email that letter to everyone that I can find to do with the Philadelphia Art Museum because they will. Answer me. <laughs> yeah no
2: yeah. I, th- I think you should. Yeah, and that's the whole to. thing I think Well, they you know they feel they' this institution that can you know maybe uh, not return a, a, a simple request in a letter. and you know they should. Um, and uh, they're sort of known for that though. You know what I mean? They they sort of have this uppity type of thing to them, and I don't. I, I've I've said it in interviews before, and I'll say it again. Uh, I think they're quite foolish for not embracing the whole Rocky phenomenon. But uh, oh well. that's know, what I'm for. I, I'm there to help people embrace. It's it.
1: so it's so stupid though because they really are cutting their nose off to spite their face because there they've got. I've never experienced anything like this phenomena before. And I've, you know, I, I, many years ago, I lived in Los Angeles. I've been all around the world. And Dave and I, the stuff that we do to do with the podcasts and the websites, you know, we know lots of people and we're massive film fans. There is no other film like Rocky. There is no other film that would incite people in their hundreds and thousands, day after day after day, to visit one particular place and do this thing that this this the character out of this iconic film does. And everybody does it for their own reason, whether it be just a bit of a giggle. But I think that an awful lot of people do it for a reason, because the, the people, that, as we were sitting there, watching, in particular, this one little old man, and he was running up the steps and jumping up and down and he was by himself. And he wasn't mad.
0: Oh, no, you could, could see what it meant to him. You could see yeah. that
1: it really meant something to him and all that it really means something to people. Like you, Dave. Oh, oh
2: yeah, yeah. And, and exactly right. And Dave, you know, you can, I don't know, do you guys have the book Rocky Stories by Mike Vitez?
0: I don't know. That's on my next um, to buy list because I've just finished your book. Um And that's the next one I'm going to buy now, yeah.
2: Do yourself a favor and get that book. I can tell you it's probably the the most poetically correct book about the steps. And it talks about exactly what Tina just said, why people come there. And I'm not going to go into a big thing on it, but I will say they all go for a very specific reason. They got married. They got divorced. They got a new job. They got cancer. They just beat cancer, whatever it is. It, it far supersedes what Sylvester mm-hmm. Sloan did in that old tattered gray sweatsuit. And, you know, this is something that uh, the Museum of Art really doesn't understand. Of all the rocky locations, this is the one that is the most easiest to access, mm-hmm. the safest to go to. So you have these, uh, Tina, as you said, you have thousands of people daily yeah. running these steps. And why not? I mean, I had this idea. We, we put it in an interview uh, last year. Uh, you know, why not make a there's hundreds of rooms in that museum of art, why not make one of the smaller rooms a, a dedicated to the, the Rocky phenomenon in an art way, you mm-hmm. know, and, and bring works of art from around the world in. You know, people would want to come and see that Rocky fans do have green money, and they will pay to go in. And let me tell you, that's what it's all about, the museum of art. They want to make more money, yeah. yet when you see people run the steps, they twirl around at the top and then they run back down and get on the tour bus and leave that's money being blown in the wind right
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh it is and I was amazed as well <laughs> about the statue that there's no lights around the statue you know come sundown it's just hidden away in the dark <laughs> there should be this huge spotlight on it all the way through the night showing people that it's there they just seem to be oh. I don't know it's like, if not ashamed but they have some sort of chip on the shoulder about Rocky it seems
2: yeah, well, and that's that's just, that's the thing, and, and it's it's too bad uh, that they do, because they really are missing out on an amazing opportunity, not only to make money, but they can really, if they embrace it more, they could really connect with people, and then that makes you more money, because when people tell yeah. their friends and family the experience that they had, they're going to want to go back for more, or, yeah. or other people are going to want to come, so... You know that's that's another reason why I do these tours. Like I really try to contribute to the. Um you know money coming into the city for philadelphia Mm -hmm. like a lot of people say they could go anywhere they want on their their uh, holiday or vacation but they come to philadelphia specifically to take the tour so they got to eat in a restaurant they got to stay in a hotel and Mm -hmm. they say you know mike your tours are bringing us here so i i like to think that i'm contributing back to the city on a minuscule level but i'm trying
1: yeah. That's absolutely true because we wouldn't have come to Philadelphia no. if it wasn't for you and the Rocky Steps. No, we wouldn't and
0: we found we both yeah. don't we we both found Philadelphia to be such a lovely city oh, as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing that we um, that really struck me about being in Philadelphia was, apart from the Rocky stuff, is the history of the place as well. And one thing that was repeated over to us, uh, because we went to see the Bill of Rights and the Liberty Bell, is everywhere you go, you always see, we the people, everywhere, we the people, we the people, don't you Dave?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we even and, went to, there was a a short life performance all about we the people, yeah, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and it and it just really resonated with us that the people want to go to the art museum and look at Philadelphia <laughs> as this place that Rocky was based, but it seems like the people in control of it all don't really give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, what? Yeah.
2: You're right. You know, that's, that's it. And, and they don't care in this because they look down upon it. They're it's the, the, the board of directors of the museum of art. It's a very small group of men and women. I think it's only like five or seven. It's, it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, so they, they kind of turn their nose up at it. And, and I don't understand why. I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, the first movie had so much, heart and soul and, and it had grace and dignity and it was uh, Stallone's finest performance by far. But, you know, maybe the Roman numeral sequels after maybe turned it into a joke in their eyes. I don't know, but Mm. how do they, how do they turn their back to that? I, I don't, I just don't understand that to to this day, it boggles my mind. Mm.
0: It's crazy. It
1: could could possibly be. and, And this is one part of the tour as well that um, really struck me, um, actually going to Kensington, that I had no idea what that place was like at all. And being able to go there and it being as gritty and as rough as it looks in the films 40 years ago to what it is like now, where it really is it's just real it's a real place which really struck me as well like you get out of the the van and people are sort of you know you can see that some people sort of look at you and they're all real people it's not a glossy American town real people live there with real problems and real poverty and Rocky was could have really lived there you know, and, it was, and and that was really special as well because when you're on holiday and wherever you go in the world, you only see the shiny, shiny bits of wherever you go where there are no problems and no drug problems and nobody gets murdered and people can't afford to eat. You know, because we live in the Western world, it's like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people starving in America like there are in Britain – but the media don't want you to know about that, so that was really great for me, and I really enjoyed the fact that we were in a real bit of Philadelphia with real people. Here's
2: Tina you're, you you've nailed you've you've nailed it right there because here, here's the thing: there's parts of the world where atomic bombs have been dropped and places mm. have recovered and been made better. Kensington is as tough as it's ever been yeah. and we're talking 40 years ago right yeah so when we were there you saw and you just mentioned about the real-time problems the mm-hmm. drugs the yes. uh, prostitution everything and yet when we're standing by the gym people come up to us and you know for half of a second they they aren't sure what they're seeing they think oh here's this a guy that looks like rocky and they start talking <laughs> to us and they want, they want to take pictures with us, and you know,
3: you crack. or sell us crack. <laughs> but, but,
2: but really, were you, did some some people came up to us when you were there, didn't they?
1: Uh, no, I, no, I don't. When think we, we were so at the gym, way. did
0: some people come up to us? Yes, yeah, we did have oh, a couple. Okay. Yeah, we had a couple that walked. Yeah, we did.
1: Oh, I must have been and... looking something else.
2: But... <laughs> because. I, I know every time I go up there, you know, when you're standing underneath the L and you're where Rocky fought Tommy Gunn in the street and you're looking across Adrian's pet shop and you're in front of the gym, you know, there's a whole Rocky thing that takes over in people's minds. It's like when you go to Vegas, you're thinking of Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, Jerry, Lou, you know what I mean? You're thinking of the Rat Pack and all that. So when you're in this part of Philadelphia, even though you may be a drugged out drug addict or have some issue in life, you're still thinking Rocky. So they come up to me all the time. They want to take pictures or selfies. (laughs) Where they get cell phones from, I I have no idea. But it's the most amazing thing. And they're so gracious. It's like Mm -hmm. they're at the lowest point of their life, yet they pull on some amount of dignity and grace. And they, they talk to us just like they don't have a care in the world in how much of Rocky fans they are. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I've never had an issue there. In 10 years, I've not had one issue.
1: I have to say that our, our time in America, uh, including New York as well, um, I always think that Americans are fed by the media that people in Britain are firstly English, not Welsh or Scottish or Irish. They're always English. And they, either yeah. we all talk like we're in Downton Abbey like that, or we all talk like that, like we're from, you know, from London. <laughs> and, you know, they, I mean, obviously it's not true, but I think that basically everybody is the same, really, but the same way we're fed that Americans are all, you know, you you all hate Obama and you all love Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and but Oh, but, yeah. oh you know, uh, but, go, but no, I have to say no, no, that the, no, no. the time that we were there, Everyone was so bloody lovely, weren't they, Dave?
0: Everybody, but i mean, New York's got a reputation, you know, for yeah. for having people much like London has over here in the UK. That nobody would give you a second of their time. Yeah. But everywhere, both in New York and, and Philadelphia, we had a yeah. lot of interaction with people, and yeah. you know, we'd get lost and we'd want directions or all sorts of things, and we just couldn't the the amount of help, the lovely people that we met, and this is even going to, isn't it, in Philadelphia especially, um, some homeless people that we met and got talking to, and they they were the the nicest people you could ever meet, and, you know, who knows the story of what led them to be, you know, without a home and they, they can't afford to eat, but... There was one guy in particular that we met one evening wasn't walk walking yeah. walking back and he was oh he was just he was a gentleman he was a true gentleman, and it just you know it broke a heart really didn't oh. it to think you know that there's people like this that are out on the street and yet the media and it's the same over here with like people that are on benefits over here, but the media just lump everybody in those in the lower classes and just and literally over here they just think they're just pure scum when they're not, you know. These are human beings that you know. have got lives, and you don't know what's happened to them. And you know, this we just met so many nice people, and that's something that we've brought back with us. You know, an experience yeah. that we had over there. You know, it was it was, it was heartwarming, real, and heart wrenching at the same time.
1: You were the nicest, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike thank you. Uh, that, you know, you know,
2: what I always think about this, and I, I won't get too too uh, modeling about this, but you know. I always say all of us are never more than one or two bad decisions away from being very, very homeless. Uh, And that's not really a lot of decisions. I mean, you make one bad decision and you don't recover from that. And then you make another bad decision on top of that. Mm. Forget about it. You could be homeless. You could be paying your bills and things are going well. And all of a sudden, boom, Mm. you're done. And uh, you know, life can be very fragile. So I think, why you've seen such generosity in their spirits is the fact that they have lost things and yeah. they when when they had, they remember what it was like and they're just climbing their way back up uh like we all do really through life and uh, i think for us to just remember that would go yeah. a long way for the the planet in general yeah they would too
1: yeah that's one thing that, that your tour underlines though in the places that you that you visit is the frailty of human existence and and one of the messages of the rocky films as well especially the first one that he was nothing and he came from nowhere and he doesn't really mention his family and he seems to be alone in the world and you're put in that place with all those landmarks around you and you get a real feeling of it being real it's quite uncanny that I find hard to explain really that a lot, you know, it's not a scary experience at all. It's really life affirming. Mm-hmm. Wh- you know, when you take people out and, and show them these things.
2: What Tina, you know, yeah. what I learned from Rocky is a very noble character. So when you're in those streets and you're at those locations, you can't help but feel a little bit more nobler than maybe you normally would be. At least I do. Yeah. I find I'm the best person I could possibly be during those four hours. Uh, and uh, I certainly am nowhere near as noble or as gracious as the character of Rocky. But that's, that's why I always put Rocky on a pedestal, because uh, I feel miserably every day. Uh, I, could be a, I say this, I write it in the book, I, I, I say it to people all the time. I, I could be a better uh, uh, husband, a better brother, uh, son, whatever you want to say it, a better friend. So, but tomorrow's another day, and we, you know, if you don't do it today, try again tomorrow. You know, you learn from what mistakes you made today, and just apply that as best you can. I can't. I look around today, and I, I don't see any character in the movies. Uh, who is anywhere near as noble as the character of Rocky and I think that's another thing that transcends so I think a lot of people pick that up on the tours I think mm. they they look around and they just see that and I always call it <laughs> the goodness of Rocky it mm. just sucks into your body you can't you can't escape it when you're on my tour you you just I will not allow you to to go without
0: it and uh, I think that's what people take take
1: mm. home with them yeah, I agree with you that
0: and there was there was some more goodness to come for you as well, Mike. Because yeah. after Tina, um, thankfully, needed a wee, huh. <laughs> and we went in, <laughs> we went into the gift store. So then Tina went to the top of the steps, and you and me, Mike, we walked round to the bottom of the steps, and I, I'll never forget like seeing them for the close up for that first time. Because we got into Philly the day before, and how I managed to keep away from the place for twenty four hours, being there, not going to it, because I wanted to make. My birthday, the first day that I was there and the first day that my feet touched the steps. Turning into the corners, you walk around and you see the statue and then you see the steps and it's just like, whoa, this this is incredible. And I remember asking you because I said, oh, I said, I don't know how to run them. I thought, well, I obviously, I want to make sure I want to touch every step. I want to make sure I touch every step. But then again, Rocky, when he runs it, he takes them two, three at a time. And then you know you were telling me just go for it, just run them however you want to run them, just do it. So I t- and I took them like two and three because I figured well I'm going to do it many more times during the next few days that were there, and I'll make sure that I touch every step, uh, which I did. So I ran up those steps, and you've got no qualm. You just there's so many people there. I even if there wasn't people there, you know, if if people are maybe a little shy and are thinking well I couldn't do that, there's going to be people watching trust me everybody's doing everybody loves watching people do it and you'll run up the steps and you'll throw your fists in the air and you'll dance around in circles and you'll have all the pictures taken at the top and it was it is it's just incredible and then you get that the iconic um view of the city that you know it obviously it's changed since the first movie but still it's so recognizable Mm -hmm. um the photographs that we've got from the top of the steps is, is just incredible and then of course um the, the day wasn't over there for us because it was my birthday uh, and you kindly agreed to to come on the, the birthday meal with us and, and and you were fantastic Mike and thank you again you sorted out the meal uh, at the Victor Cafe which if any listeners don't know it's Adrian's in Rocky Balboa and the upcoming Creed movie, the, the restaurant that Rocky owns. So you know even the, the tour might have been over but the day wasn't by a long chalk. And again, you were so kind. You, you took us back to the hotel and you waited for us to get changed because we were just like so hot after the day. But this was brilliant because on the way to the hotel is when you got news through and you got the photograph of Sly holding your book. I mean, please t- tell everybody about that because they, I, it was wonderful to share that moment with you.
2: Yeah. So these, are th- you, you never know when you wake up in the morning, you, you don't expect certain things to happen. You don't expect to get a call from the President of the United States. You don't expect expect Martians to land, and you certainly don't expect Sylvester Stallone to take a picture with your book that you spent two years writing, all in the hope that you would get it to him to thank him for all the inspiration he's given me. So I have a friend whose name is Claude, and he's uh, such a dear friend of mine, yet I never met him. I never met this guy, Um, but he he has certain connections out in uh, California. Uh, He works uh, security and certain things like that. And uh, he and I have become friends over the last three or four years, uh, Facebook, chatting, and and on the phone quite often, two, three times a week. And he made a promise to me. I sent him a copy of the book, uh, and he read it, and he loved it. He loved it so much that he knew my one thing, I just wanted to get Sylvester to take a picture holding the book. And uh, so he kept the book in his trunk, and he spends a lot of time in, in uh, Los Angeles. And there's a place that Sylvester goes to uh, a lot for lunch. It's called Cafe Roma. And, it's, I mean, anyone who's a Stallone fan, they know this, you know. And um, Claude said, he goes, Mike, one of these days I'm going to talk to Sly, and uh, he goes, I'm going to have him take a picture with your book and uh a few times it had gone by didn't work out but finally this uh this day happened he sent me uh a a text and it said merry christmas buddy and it was a picture a gorgeous picture of stallone clearly holding my book uh with a big smile on his face so i i i, I was a bit speechless and and I, I i still to this day i'm a bit speechless i i can stutter when talking about it because you just you know that was my goal. That was that was the dream. <laughs> so, so as if that wasn't enough, um, there was some paparazzi nearby who took a picture of Sly and uh, uh, Claude holding the book, and from a slightly different angle. Well, those pictures made it into the Daily Mail, and then that went international. So lots and lots of people saw this picture of Sly holding my book, which then sales went up for my book, I noticed, which was very nice. Uh, and that was great. Uh, but uh, if that wasn't enough, later on, Claude runs into Sly uh, as the weeks go on, and he said, you know, uh, slightly I into you again I was just talking to my friend Mike Kunda and he's oh how's Mike doing how's the tours going and you know there was a point where he asked Claude he said is Mike here I'd like to talk to him about the book and uh, unfortunately I'm 3,000 miles away but uh, that may change I may get out there sooner than later and it was I, I owe Claude so much I, I love the guy to death and I've never even met him you know I've only spoken to him on the phone so
0: it was quite outrageous, I must say. Oh, that's fantastic, isn't it? It's so, I remember when you showed us the photograph and it was just, wow, this is <laughs> such a big deal. It's such a really big deal. And I'm going to come on to the book in a few minutes as well because I finished um, reading it just today actually. So I want to, I want to ask you a few, uh, a few questions about that and you too as well, Sue. Um, but before we do, I want to talk about the Victor Cafe. And again, you know, if people are going over to Philadelphia and you're a Rocky fan, you'll want to go there and to eat because it's Adrian's, um, which was primarily the main reason. You know what I wanted to do it, but I mean, Tina, you <clears throat> tell, I think you would, you could put it far more eloquently than than me about the experience of eating at the Victor Cafe because it's again, you may just go because you're a Rocky fan, but when you get there, <laughs> it's there's a hell of a lot more to it than that, to say the very least.
1: Yeah. Well, it looks like it does in, in the movie for a start, except that the the photos on the wall are, are of um, old opera singers and modern ones as well. Although I didn't see Bryn Turville up there, so I must send them a picture of Bryn. He's <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> a very... He's a very famous opera singer, actually worldwide. But I, I don't know, maybe they have got him up there and I didn't notice. But pictures of Caruso and, I mean, beautiful photos. And it's very spacious and airy and actually looks like a restaurant in Italy with the lovely tablecloths and the, the balloon back chairs. And uh, And since I was very young... Uh, big godfather fan even though i've been to italy several times i have never had a cannoli and i had one <laughs> i was so excited we both it was, did didn't we <laughs> oh, i was amazing but the food was um again you know i the the food that i ate was pasta caruso and uh i think off, people don't like to eat awful in this modern age but i love liver and Pastor Caruso, was liver and pasta. And it was lovely. Everything was just so lovely. But the best bit of all was when Alex came to sit by us. Oh, Alexa, yeah. Alexa, Alexa sorry. Yeah. Alexa came to sit by us. And she was so charming. And obviously, Mike and Alexa are a little bit in love with each other as well. Sorry to tell you that, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> No, they were like, you were like brother and sister, like really, sister aren't you? Yeah, yeah, she was so lovely. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I'd read online as well, and David also told me that the, the waiters sing, but nothing prepares you, really, for the little bell tinglings every sort of 15 minutes, and one of the waiters sings an aria beautifully, which is just... It's just, if if I could go die and go to heaven, that would be Victor Cafe for me because people singing opera and stuff in my face with lovely food and cocktails oh. as well. <laughs> it just, well. It was just, it was lovely.
2: And, and you see, that's the thing. They have really great food there. They've got a, a, one of the best head chefs in all of Philadelphia. And, you know, the owner's, they really, as I write about in my book, and I, I won't go into it now. I'll save it for anyone who's interested in, in reading about it. But they really did change the course of my life. And when you, when you, those are words I don't say lightly. I say a lot of things in fun, but this is something that's extremely serious. I really don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for the, the crew at the Victor Cafe. And uh, uh, Greg and Alexa, who, who own it, uh, they, they really have become, uh, Alexa is like a sister to me. She she truly is, and, and Greg has become such a great friend. Uh, you know they've uh, they're really turning the, the one room upstairs in the in the loft area. They're turning it into essentially a Rocky theme room, and, and not in a gaudy sense. But they they've sort of asked me to kind of take charge of that with all the props that have been left from the filming of the movies. We're going to do a whole Rocky theme room up there so people can come in and see bits and pieces of the script that was left, certain uh, paintings. And as you guys know, uh, we went went over to the owner's house after dinner and, uh, you know, we saw the actual painting Mm -hmm. that uh, the, the, the Leroy Neiman that he had recommissioned by a local artist and he has that up on the wall now and uh, after they just gotta finish tweaking it a little bit more and he's reproduced the painting in actual size it's like five foot by ten foot and it's gorgeous and i think rocky fans are really gonna love it because they all come to the restaurant and you know the victors has been known for an opera themed place but it's it's gained over the last 10 years this rocky phenomenon and the victors are embracing it they're very very smart in that sense so uh, please, anybody out there, go to the Victor Cafe. Go see my friends. Tell them that you've heard this
0: podcast. That you know me. You've taken the tour. They will take great care of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yes. will. I mean, it was it was so lovely to meet Alexa and Greg. And then you know, it was an honor when we went round to the house and we you know they showed us the painting and everything. It was that again another example of just how everybody was just so lovely to us the whole yeah. time we
1: were there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So yeah and that always makes that always
2: makes me so happy. I'm so glad that uh your time at the victors was you know well enjoyed and and well worth uh well worth the the money you paid for dinner. I'm uh, very happy about that.
0: Oh yeah and I and apparently you let me know because I'm I avoid where a little chat about because I avoid the trailers because I don't want to know anything when I go into the movie theater. And we got chatting about the creed trailer didn't we and you implored that I watch it because the table that we were sat at is the table that Rocky sits at in uh, in creed as well. It, it sure is.
2: There, there's a whole scene where uh, Rocky addresses Adonis in a in a closed uh, uh, Adrian's, and uh, Rocky takes a seat at a table, and this is where the big scene happens where Adonis tells
0: him he's Apollo's son. And I'm glad you were able to sit at that table. That that's awesome. I am going to be insufferable at the cinema, Tina. You know that. I am going to be standing up in that scene and saying, "That's my birthday table."
1: I can't believe you didn't try and pinch the chair when you were there, <laughs> on the tablecloth. Knowing you.
0: <laughs> no, I mean
2: that just. He wasn't... had good restraint. I was, I was, I was proud of him. He, he, he restrained himself. <laughs> you,
1: you do realise he cut the tree down. In the, in the in the, yes, great, in no the cemetery. There. Yeah, he yes, I cut the I tree just down and... the other day. I know, it's did terrible. You, did you
2: man. have that tree flown home? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very good because the statue that Tina bought me, um, if anybody doesn't know what we're on about, the tree in Rocky Balboa where he keeps his chair at the top by Adrian's grave, um, that's part we, we were taken there by Mike. Uh, and, of course, we t- I had to take a little bit of bark from it. So I've got the statue up and I've got the bit of bark like in front of the statue too. So, yeah, that's a pride of place back here.
2: That's that's what a true Rocky fan would do, and I'm very glad you did that. <laughs>
0: you mentioned a few times, Mike, your book Cue the Rocky Music. Uh I I finished reading it today. I've read it. Um, it took me three sittings. I devoured it. I'd have read it in two sittings if the weather over here wasn't so bad and forced me inside. Because I've sat in the I've read it all. Sat in the sun in the garden. It's been a pleasure, um, and the stories in that are uh, just again i think that the theme of like this this show today is just like life affirming and you know to to chase your dreams because there's so many so many good examples of not to give up uh, and hardships that people go through as we all go through you know um and then what I, look, I said, again, before we start recording this, there was a few times reading that I got a little bit of something in my eye. I, I blame my hay fever and my eyes were running a bit, but uh, there, there was certain bits. Uh, I, two two examples I can give you straight away was um, when you and you, Sue, were on the red carpet for the Rocky Balboa premiere and the moment that you both had together was was very touching indeed. Um and Tina, I'm warning you now. There's a part. Um, <laughs> there's a part to do with Butkus, and you know we lost our oh, dog. Oh, lost no. our dog just a few months ago. Yes. I'll tell you when you read that. You, you oh, have some tissues ready. I'm warning okay. you now. Um, but well, yeah, what can you give people a flavour of the book? Because obviously, I don't want to give too much away about it. Because you know we want people to buy it and read it, and it's well. Sure. It is well worth reading. Um, but yeah, both you. Um, and you as well, please, Sue. If you want to, you tell us a few little things from the book.
2: Well, I, I'll tell you, guys like me, first of all, don't write books. We we stand on them to get things off the top shelf, uh, <laughs> or we throw that we we throw them at bullies as they chase us across the schoolyard. <laughs> so, writing a book for me, it was a monumental effort. Um, uh, I. It started out as just a thank you letter to Stallone. That's what it started out as—a one-page thank you letter. And <clears throat> excuse me, I, I thought, wow, this one story—he's gonna like this other story. Well, maybe he'll like just one more story. And I realized I had like 19 pages written. I thought, ah, what if I tried to write a book? So at the time, uh, I had gotten fired from uh, a well-paying job I was at for like. Thirteen years, and I said, "Okay, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna take this downtime, I want it to count for something." So I thought, "Let's let's try and read some books on writing books." I would go on uh, YouTube and watch all these videos on writing a book, and I said, "Well, how hard can it be?" Okay, (laughs) so two years later, the book is done and published. Essentially, the book is about practice and timing. When an opportunity comes your way, are you ready? What have you done to prepare for this moment? Have you used your time wisely, or did you just kind of <laughs> use an old word, lollygag, and do nothing <laughs> to waste your time? So uh, I, told, I tell the story about how I became a Rocky impersonator, uh, and my quote-unquote friendship with Sylvester Stallone and the cast of Rocky, how I got to meet all of them and know them, and uh, how I left a mark on them uh, and and their marks that were left on, on me by their performances. So the story is told in flashbacks. It, it opens up with the day of the Rocky, uh, a national Rocky look-alike contest in Philadelphia, and I'm sitting in the basement of a building waiting to go out on stage with four other Rocky look-alikes. And out on stage are Adrian look-alikes, all competing for this uh, for this win. So the story is told via flashback, and uh, I, I interact with the, the current Rockies, and we go out and we compete, and then that's like the first half of the book. And then the second half of the book moves forward in real time with what has happened in this Rocky world that um, I have stepped into. And Sylvester Stallone plays a big part in the book as does Burt Young and uh, several other players in the movie and this is where we get a huge character in this book is uh, the Victor Cafe and exactly how they kind of embraced me and um, made me an honorary member of their family and that's basically what they've done.
0: I found it amazing the set of circumstances as well that just seem to bring you and Sly together at different points you know even going to um when sue sorted out your birthday meal at planet hollywood in new york and he was there and other things that happen and you know just pieces seem to be slowly going into place but then again like you said you 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 did no lollygagging you were proactive in making these circumstances work for you as well and i love sue i loved how you were kept pushing him and you, you you were always there to, to, you know, as his backbone to push him into these things and support him while he's doing them. And more importantly, it's so good that you're damned fine with a camera to record these moments <laughs> as well.
3: Yeah, I, that's it's my favorite thing. Uh, it really is to see him do this. To see it, it's that one, my favorite part is that piece where someone comes up to him and you can just see him completely morph into character. That's my favorite part and then to see the reactions of all the people around him and you know that personal connection that he makes with them uh, just all all of that put together it's just it's such a wonderful thing and i I'm like a proud mama when I'm standing there and I'm taking those pictures for him and and just getting everyone else's reactions because. I I like to get on film what Mike can't see that he does for people. Mm -hmm. So when he gets home, he has that opportunity to reflect and look at the expressions on these people's faces and the dreams that they make come true and just the smiles and the laughter. And, you know, I actually have goosebumps talking about it. So,
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's she's pretty outstanding. Um, She's amazing. You know, you to go back, and she's right. You know, when you're in the moment, you know, you're trying to be witty and sharp and accurate, and you're trying not to mumble, and you're trying not to uh, have the white spit gather in the corners of your mouth, and all, you're doing all these things. You're you're trying to be this character and and give someone the best interaction. So I I do miss a lot of things that happen in the peripheral, and she captures all of that. And uh, I thought, wow, I, I would go back and watch these videos when I was, you know, writing out the book. I thought well, it came, it really came in handy. And later, the videos came in handy when I would try to. Uh, my agent would go around selling what I would do. We we did these little two minute vignettes that helped me get farther in the business. So it's it's extraordinary the way the domino effect has happened.
0: Oh yeah and what's what's next then for the the yo Philly rocky tour then mike
2: well it's it's interesting because you know uh we did something for about a uh, year and a half there was a documentary crew uh that kind of followed us around uh my hometown of scranton and philly and here in camp hill where we live and uh it that's coming to completion basically that that's really starting to uh come around the the director Jim Toscano is doing a beautiful job on it. He sent me some clips from it, and uh, he's got some great, great takes on mm-hmm. on all of it. And there's so much filming. We've got we've got some rather famous people in the in the documentary that are, are going to lend their voices to what we do, what I've done, and um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we got uh, the champ uh, Larry Holmes, who was a seven year heavyweight champion. Uh, he's part of the documentary. We've got. Oh, wow. um, Oh, yeah. We got uh, Jimmy Bins who played. He's a very famous Philadelphia lawyer and also a good friend of Stallone's. But he was also in two roles. He played Rocky's lawyer in Rocky Five, and he also played um, in Rocky Balboa. He was the councilman that refused to give Rocky his license back. And uh, we also have uh, Angie is in the, uh, the, the, uh, the documentary. Angie was the girl in Rocky Balboa that uh, Stallone picked out of the crowd. She, uh, she was an actual, uh, recovering drug addict. And she, uh, was getting, uh, help during filming and she was so brilliant. Stallone loved her. She was so real and authentic. He put her in the movie where she comes up to him at the bar and says, Hey man, you want to buy us some beers? That was her. And she's, she's doing, oh yeah, she's doing so well now. And she got interviewed and oh, what a sweet girl. And, uh, you know, we have some other people that I don't want to spoil it for, but, uh, we do have uh, another thing that happened. Is uh, Chuck Weppner has become a good friend of mine. And uh, here's something talk about bringing life full circle. Chuck Wepner was chosen in 1975 to fight Muhammad Ali, uh, and he wasn't picked to go past the fifth round. Well, by the ninth round, he had Ali down, and at the 15th round, he was standing to come out. So, uh, You know Ali ultimately won that fight, but Chuck won something far more. He won uh, the the respect of the boxing community and and the world, really. And in the audience that night was a, a broke writer named Sylvester Stallone, who was so inspired he actually used Chuck Wepner as the catalyst for the character of Rocky. And you know this is something that Sylvester talks about a great deal on many interviews, DVDs, you name it. Well, I did a, uh, a, a gig one time, it was a charity gig, and Chuck was like the guest of honor. And we met, and we just hit it off. His wife, Linda, absolutely fell in love with my wife. They hit it off. One thing led to another. He read the book, loved Cue the Rocky Music, called me up and asked if I would write his uh, memoirs. So I'm actually in the middle of writing that now. And uh, I just did a, a big gig with him in Atlantic City. Where I had to introduce Chuck in front of like a thousand Teamster unions, the International uh, Teamster Association of Transit, and it was uh, I had to bring him up on stage and tell a story, and and it was it was quite quite amazing. So when you think about the full how life comes full circle, I mean the circle of life is quite amazing. You take a man who inspired Stallone, Stallone <laughs> inspires me, and here I am. I'm friends with the guy that fired Stallone that inspired me. Like I mean, it's just. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. Like, Sue's sitting here, just shaking her head, saying how strange and unique life can be, and and it really is. I don't know who else this has happened to quite this way, and and I think the uniqueness of what I have to offer uh, about playing the long game—you got to hang in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you go on a job interview and you don't get the first job you want, you know, you may get something a version of what you want, but build on it. Hang in there. Don't give up. Keep going. And uh I mean for me Rocky Rocky was my North Star. So, <laughs> you know, you I think it's important that we all have to find our North Star and follow it and trust it and believe in it. And if you do that maybe you're not going to be the most successful maybe you're not going to be the best in the world but you're going to be the best in your world in the world you create your family your your husband your wife whatever your children's world you can be the best person you could possibly be and that's that's it that that's that's what i take away from rocky um, i i don't think i can offer anything else other than that
1: i have to give you a round of applause for that mike uh, <laughs>
2: Well, i got to send you that $50 now, team. <laughs> wow.
1: No, you, you're just so good at the way you put it, and it makes total sense. And you are such a nice man mm. as well. Yeah, you deserve the everything that's happened. Yeah.
0: Really, do. Yeah.
2: Well, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm a flawed guy, no doubt about it, but I love people, and, and I, I love helping people achieve their goals and visions. And, you know, when you're surrounded by a team like I have – from my wife to my, my, my parents, my brother, and, and his wife, Debbie. You know, I mean, these are these are people I just, uh, I would be nowhere without them. I mean, it really is Team Kunda. And this is just a big love and shout out to them. And, uh, you know, uh, everyone, you want you to all tell people in your lives how much you love them, what they mean to you, because, you know, you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I would implore everyone to do that.
1: Very true. Yeah.
0: And
2: of so course. next
1: time, next time you see um, Mr. Stallone, can you can you grab him and say, Sylvester, just can you just go and find Dave? Because all <laughs> he wants is for you to sign his arm. <laughs> he might kiss you. He might try and lick your ear or even your face. If your face is that, cl- he would you would as well, wouldn't you, Dave? I'm I'm sure I would
0: be very respectful.
1: No, you kiss it. <laughs> You know you would. <laughs> well,
2: you know, I, I'll tell you. If you ever get the opportunity, I'm sure Sly will be as gracious as he always is with his fans. No matter how psychotic a group we are, he finds the way. He, he does find a way to appreciate it and let us know with dignity that um, you know, it's okay.
0: You know what I mean. <laughs> I got two uh, two more questions for you, Mike. One, um, go ahead. Are you got any plans, maybe in the future or any point, to update the book as well with what's happened um, from from when? Obviously, because it's a few years now from the way that the book ends. Do you think you'll update at any point with everything that's ongoing now? Because of course, you know, the the story hasn't finished by a long way. So, would you think about that at any point?
2: Yeah, actually, we do. It's funny you say that. Sue and I were just talking about that the other day. I'm gonna. Call the publisher and see what it's going to take for me to put a little uh, a chapter at the end because so much has happened. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've gotten Stallone has become far more aware of me since the writing of the book. Um, I've spent more time on the Creed set. I've interacted with Stallone more. I've got to watch uh, more of the uh, the uh, the new Creed movie being filmed, uh, and I would I would like to kind of talk about some of the experiences I had on the tours because the tours really weren't happening when I wrote the book. That was, that was a, still a dream yet. Like mm-hmm. they were there, but they weren't really, it, it, they weren't where they are now. So uh, I think people would find it very, very interesting along with the the celebrities that I, I, I've come in contact with. I mean, I've gotten to shadow box with Apollo Creed in front of 500 people. I mean, uh, I don't know how many Rocky fans, <laughs> can say they've done that so i think fans would find that fun and interesting and uh the, the backstories that i've learned
0: so yeah that's a great question that's good i'm looking forward to reading uh, the extra stuff that you put in that then mike this this could be quite contentious because we, so we live in a world unfortunately at the moment of remakes do you think god forbid there would ever be a rocky remake and what are your thoughts on if that should ever happen
2: Dave, I'm sorry. A bunch of garbage just came out of your mouth. I can't stand your <laughs> No. You, you know what, Dave? This is the fear I think all Rocky fans live with. I, I think they we've seen the abysmal failure of all the Superman movies they've tried to remake since Christopher Reeve. I'd say no more Superman. You, uh, to me, Christopher Reeve was the ultimate Superman. You can't do it. You know, can you see recasting Marlon Brando uh, in The Godfather? Can you see uh, another Han Solo or Indiana Jones? I mean, you can't. And the same goes for Rocky Balboa. You know, there is no way it can be remade on, on a successful level. What they can do and what I think will happen, I think they will take the idea of Rocky and I think they will use that in some form. They've actually done that in several movies already. Um, I don't think they're ever going to remake Rocky as we know it, the Italian Stallion, Pet Shop, Polly, Butkus, Seiko the Robot, Russia, all these things. They're not going to remake that. But they, I do fully expect at some point to have uh, a form of it. Like, it's a wonderful life. They remake a wonderful life, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick, um, with Taylor Leone and uh, Nick, what's his name? Um, oh, come on, I'm blanking out here. <laughs> they, did, they, they, they remade a movie, um, Nicolas Cage, Cage. yeah, thank you. Uh, Nicolas Cage did a movie where he goes back and he, he it's like a wonderful life oh, remake. Oh, the family,
0: family man, yeah, family man, yeah. Right?
2: exactly. It's essentially a new version of It's a Wonderful Life it's not George Bailey it's not Clarence and the Angel but it's just an alternate version of what that story could have been told like and I think that's the type of example that's going to be told with Rocky. Uh, There will be a lot of similarities but it will not be Rocky How do we stop this Dave if it were to happen?
0: Yeah, it would need to be stopped most definitely
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) It couldn't go ahead, we couldn't allow this eh. to
0: happen at all (laughs)
2: I know I know well hopefully your podcast will continue going and we, we can use that as a benchmark to shout out to the world should this
0: travesty ever happen <laughs> and we will we, we will be shouting it out loud and clear <laughs> trust me <laughs> well what we'll do I mean it's been a pleasure talking to you and to you Sue I mean it's we did we did miss you when we we're over there hopefully well not hopefully definitely we'll be over there again won't we Tina yes we will you
1: won't be going there
0: well, no, I have to go over because, of course, no. you know, when we finish recording, no, going, myself no. and Mike no, are sorting you've, out... you've
1: had your moment. No,
0: no, because... The next one ah. is
1: fine. No, you've had your... No. But no, how, Dave. How no. are we
0: going to open the Rocky Museum at Mickey's Gym? Me and Mike have got to sort that out.
1: <laughs> I think that would be a that's great exactly. idea. Yeah. At,
2: some, at some point, we're going to have to make that happen, and
1: that's
0: it. Yeah.
2: That's Fly's
1: it. he has got enough money. Can't he do it? <laughs> Listen, He's let's just it. take our... How, how
2: important how important is retirement? Let's just take our retirement savings and let's yeah. just dump it into this venture.
0: Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's all uh, the, what I'll do is always all the links to how to buy the book or about your tour, everything, Mike, I'll put onto the website. Uh, I will, everybody listening to this, there's going to be, I've been holding back on written reviews of Mike's book and of the Victor Cafe. They'll be up on the website, linking to this show and to the previous one that we did with Mike. So watch out for that and visit the website. I'll give you details of that at the end of the show. Um, but for now, we're going to finish this off and we'll just carry on having a little chat to to you and Sue before, before you have to go. But as far as the podcast goes, uh, it's been a pleasure. Talking to you and Tina, I know uh, you've had fun with this as well, haven't you? Oh,
1: it's been lovely. I, I, it's very rare that I get to appear on any podcasts. So when Dave asked me if I'd come on this one, I was very delighted to be able to talk to you again. And it's been really lovely to, to meet you too, Sue.
2: Well, you know what, Sue's standing here, uh, you might hear our dog barking in the
1: back. <laughs> he's, he's a little hungry, and there's a few chihuahuas walking out
2: front, so. Uh. <laughs> but but yes Tina, it's been wonderful uh during the podcast with you guys and i told you you want to do it more because uh, (laughs) you've got that personality that's very engaging and uh you know it it, i think it helps to have a female perspective don't you agree so
1: no it absolutely does it really does see dave see it was (laughs) nice to talk with you today yeah it's been lovely
0: it has it's been great thank you both so much thank you thanks guys thanks And there we are at the end of another show. Uh, myself and Tina had such a fantastic time having a chat with Mike and Sue, as uh, as I'm sure all of you did listening to it. And of course, if you go to our website and the podcast notes for this episode, you'll find all the links uh, to do with Mike, his tour, uh, how to buy the book, where to buy, click on the link and buy the book. Um, so yeah, visit the site, which all you have to do is just go to 60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, that's a six zero, numerical, not alphabetical. Uh, the same rules apply for all of our social media. If you go to facebook.com slash 60minuteswith, we're also on Twitter at 60minuteswith. Uh, we're also now on Instagram as well at 60minuteswith so you can have a look across all of those please visit them have a look there's all different content spread across all of those across there so all that remains now is just to say uh, whoever you are wherever you are thank you so much for listening and we will be back again very soon